I would title today's message, The Blessed Life, right? And I want to talk to you first off about my, my life before, or me before my relationship with Jesus Christ. And that, for those of you who don't know, that's called PJ, pre-Jesus, right? Pre-Jesus for me looked like this. It looked like I, I, was, I was arrogant. I was very arrogant. Someone said that they couldn't hardly talk to me, that I was so arrogant, um, couldn't hardly talk to me. And I was the product of a generational cursed family. My, my, my grandpa, I don't know how he was, but uh, my grandpa, he, he was in alcohol and things. He went to the Korean War and came back, shot up. My dad didn't know how to be a dad because his dad died when he, when he was five years old. I didn't know how to be a dad because my dad didn't know how to be a dad. I'm not knocking my dad. I had a great relationship with my dad later on in life. But I'm just telling you, the things that we live through when we're kids, it forms what we are. And how our parents are, are with us and things forms who we are and how we learn to show love and, and different things that we do. So I was a product of a generational curse, right? And, and I didn't know how to be a husband. I didn't know how to be a dad. I didn't know how to be a son. Most of the time, I was just out for number one to get what I could get for myself, right? And, and a lot of times, I put material things first before sometimes maybe my family or sometimes or most of the time, church or God, I had material things first, and I, I ended up turning to alcohol, and I turned to, to drugs, and, and my kids that I have now will never see me the way that I was then, because God's totally transformed my life, but I'm going to get that a little bit later, but I turned to alcohol, and I turned to, to, to drugs, and from that came addiction, right? Some of y'all can relate to what I'm talking about. From that came addiction, from that came pain, from that addiction, and the, and the things that I went through came pain, and not only in my life it came pain, but in other people's lives. Everyone that I came in contact seemed like I hurt them. I came in contact with them, and, 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 and the relationship wasn't right that I had with people, so people got hurt in, the, in, in my wake of going through the life that I lived when I, before I, when I was a PJ, before, pre-Christ, before Jesus, right? Um, can I tell you today, though, that the day that you got saved, you got hooked up on that day. Right? You, you were totally hooked up. On the day that you received Christ as your personal savior, savior, you got totally hooked up on that day with everything that you're ever going to need. Right? A relationship with God. Right? Before that, I had a hole or a void in my life that I was trying to fill. It was the root of all the problem that I had. The root of the problems that I had in my life was this hole or this void that I had down inside of me. I didn't even realize that I had this void inside of me. Right? I was just trying to fill it full of alcohol and drugs and addictions and, and, and money and things and whatever I could fill the thing full of. That's what I wanted to fill it full of. Are you following me? So, but God, when I, when I, when the day that I got saved on, God filled that void in my life. So I didn't have that void there anymore. I didn't have to try to fill it with all those things. I could fill that void with him. Does that make sense to y'all? I'm a participatory preacher. If you want to get out of here anywhere before 1.30, well, Kate says, well, it's going to be, hello, amen, hallelujah. This means yes, I agree with you. God did not only fill the void for me, though, he blessed me, right? He, he, he gave me a better relationship with my wife. He gave me a better relationship with my children. He gave me a better relationship with my, well, I didn't have any grandchildren yet, but I got a great relationship with my granddaughter now, right? I don't get to see her as near as often as I'd like to, but I think she might be a grandpa's girl in the making, right? He gave me a better relationship even with my mom. I talk to my mom for an hour every day in the morning. If I don't call her, she thinks something's wrong with me. She thinks I ran off the road or something. So I, talk, I have a better relationship with my mom than I did, right? Through God's love, right? Through his love, he taught me how to love other people. So I'm not hurting people now. Now I'm giving people a hand up or helping people out or, or, or come along beside them, right? Even in the church, I get to come along beside you guys sometimes. God gave me a job, called me into this job as a pastor to be able to minister to you. It's like come along beside you and help your lives be better through his word. Not that I'm anything at all. I'm not saying that I'm anything, but through his word and through his love that shines through me. And this is why he calls us the salt and the light of the earth, right? It's through that relationship with him, right? I'm still talking about the blessed life. For those of you, I'm not too far down the trail. You forgot what I was talking about, right? We're still talking about the blessed life. So, so he blessed me in these ways, and he also gave me a little bit of money in the bank. 
right? He blessed me in multiple ways. I'm talking about the blessed life still. He blessed me with a house that's almost paid off, right? My house will be paid off in less than 10 years. That's awesome. I've never been in that situation before. I've made more money at other times in my life, but I didn't have as, many, as much to show for that money that I made when I made that money because God's blessing is on the things that I do now, right? I've had, since I've came to God, since, my, since I've came to Jesus, I haven't made a nickel that I haven't paid tithe on. He blesses that. He blesses that obedience. He blesses the relationship I have with him, right? I have a house that's almost paid off. I've, this truck that I drive now is the first brand new truck I've ever owned in my life. I'm 45 years old. It's three years old now. It's getting some miles on it, but, but it's still the first brand new truck I've ever had, right? It's blessing. I have a Carvette, Grace would call it. One of my most prized possessions was my dad's car when he passed away. Most of y'all have been here very long at all. You've seen me drive it in here. It's an old Stingray vet, but God gave those things to me. I'm not bragging on myself. I'm, I'm bragging on my God because he gave those things to me because he wanted to bless me. He wanted me to have this better relationship with my family, with my children, right, with my wife, my children, with the church, with all the people around me, my mother, with everybody in my life he wanted me to have a better relationship with. He also wants to bless us financially. He wants to bless us in every way. Are you following me? Most think of blessings, though. I'm just using myself for an example today. I'm not bragging on myself. I'm bragging on my God. But I'm using myself as an example because I can talk about me and nobody can get mad about it, except my wife a little bit sometimes. <laughs> Most of us, though, think of blessing in the terms of finances, right, or, or, or money or, or things or happiness maybe. Or your, if your family is doing well, you'd say you're blessed. Or, or your education, you'd say you're blessed with an education or you're blessed with a good job, right, or health and healing, those things like that. Most people consider that blessing, right? But we can own the whole world, right? We can marry the, whatever spouse that we think that we should. Whatever spouse we want, we can marry that spouse. We can own the whole world. Our kids can be healthy and doing great, right? We can have everything we ever wanted and still be unhappy. We can, because that's not the blessing. That's not the blessing. <clears throat> Some of the richest people I know aren't happy. I only know a handful of people I would call rich. They're pretty well off. Probably millionaires. Some of them are multimillionaires, right? But most of them aren't happy. Most of the ones I know aren't happy. They're less happy than others I know with less means, right? Or less finances or less material things. Those people can be more happy with those smaller things. And if, if you think that's not true, look at professional athletes, performers, actors, right? They make millions of Some athletes make a million dollars a game. Some make more than that. Don't they? they had a baseball player sign a contract. I heard the guys talking to my truck the other day about it that they, he signed a contract for seven years for 400 and something million dollars. Think about that. And these same people are depressed. Think about that. They're suicidal, right? They got legal issues. Got all kinds. Kareem Hunt. When, the, when it got in trouble, lost a multi-million dollar job for kicking a lady in the tail, right? All that money and all that success and still has problems. Still, that's not the blessing. That's not where the, that is part of the blessing where God wants to bless us at, but that's not the whole blessing. I'm still talking about the blessed life or living blessed. If you have a blessed life, you're living blessed. If you're living something, how many knows that you're walking in that thing, right? You've got to walk, if you're walking in something, you've got to walk in it daily. It's not a one-time thing. I, I, I can hand you a thing and you're blessed by that thing, but then if you're going to live in that thing, you've got to be blessed daily. It's an ongoing process, right? So we'd have to get in the presence of God daily. To be blessed by God daily, right? It's a walk. It's through a walk with him. It's through that relationship with him, right? It's having a relationship with God. The blessing, that's the blessing right there. The blessing is having a relationship with him. It's not all the things that he gives us. 
It's not all the things that he does for us. It's not the healings that he puts in our body, Sister Mary. It's not the authority that he gives us. Those are all part of the blessing, but the true blessing is the relationship with him. That's the source of all the blessing. He's the only one that can fill that void inside of us. We all have that void. We all have that void down inside of us, and we need something there, and we'll fill it full of whatever it is. We can fill it full of sports, right? We can fill it full of our job. We can fill it full of our, of our wife. Whatever it is, we can fill it full of anything. We can fill it full of addictions, but we need to fill it full of him. Amen. And when we fill it full of him, everything else behind that's going to fall into place, right? Hit relationship with, with him is, is true blessing, right? He is the source. God's the source for everything that we need. I'm going to give you a bunch of scriptures right here, but I'm not going to go to any of them. If you're taking notes, write these down. You can go back and reference them if you like. Deuteronomy 10, 14, Psalms 24, 1, 1 Corinthians 10, 26. Three witnesses all say the same thing, right? They all say the sky or heaven and earth and all that is in it belong to God. Who could own even the sky? Think about that. You look up and you see the big blue sky as vast as it is belongs to him. The earth and everything in it belongs to him. Everything, everything you can imagine belongs to him, right? Psalms 50 and 10 says every beast of the forest belongs to God. Even the wild animals belong to God. Psalms 50 and 11 says every bird and everything that moves in the field belongs to God. Haggai 2.8 says even the silver and gold belong to God. And there was another scripture, but I failed to write it down, that says even the days belong to him. Even time itself belongs to our maker, belongs to God. Everything. That covers pretty much all of it, right? Everything belongs to God, right? You're not taking anything with you when you leave this earth. I don't care how much you think you own. You're not taking any of it with you. It belongs to him, right? The title to your car, the deed to your house, they're a joke, right? They're a joke. It's a piece of paper that says, I own this dirt that God made that the Bible says belongs to him, right? It works with man. It works with man. It keeps man out of my yard, but it's a joke in the, in the, in the, in the big scheme of things. If you think about it, titles mean nothing when, in eternity. So everything man made even is made from what God made, Right? Think about that. God already created everything, and he owns all of it. So the steel that your car is made out of, the aluminum, whatever, is made from ore that they dig up out of the ground. Think about it. Your house is built out of trees that God made, all made out of natural resources. It all belongs to him. Everything. Everything. I'm talking about the blessed life still. If he owns all that stuff, don't you think he can make it come to you? If that's what he chooses to do, right? When we have a relationship with him, all those things will be given to you, though scriptural i'm going to show it to you in the bible today because god knows the things you don't have because god knows the things don't have you that's why he gives you things when he knows that things don't own you then he has things come your way right because he doesn't want us to chase after things he wants the things to chase after us so if you're living a blessed life daily being in the presence of god blessing will follow after you you don't have to chase after the blessing because it'll chase after you because who owns that blessing god God owns everything. It all belongs to him. Matthew 6, 25 through, through 33 says this. He knows that things don't have you, but he has you when you're in that relationship with him all the time. Therefore, I say to you, this is Jesus talking, by the way, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? 
Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not, not of more value than they are? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Babe, if you worry really hard, you're not going to get any taller. Friend always gets up on a step, and she said she'd like to be this tall to me, but she's not. She's my five-footer, I call her. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow, and, and they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. You all know these scriptures, right? Most of you probably have them memorized. Now, if God, God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is, is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith, or O you of little faith? I want King James on you for a second. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles, the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows what you need, knows that you need all these things. He knows that you need all these things, right? So what's he talking about here? We'll go back and read the other verses here in a second, the last verse in a second. But what's he talking about? He's talking about food. He's talking about shelter. Is he not? Participatory preacher. Come on, Greg Henderson. You know how to do it. Give me an amen. <laughs> He's talking about food. He's talking about water. He's talking about shelter. He's talking about clothing, right? He's talking about the light bill. He's talking about our needs. He's not just talking about the things in the Bible, but he's talking about things that are relevant to us today also. He's talking about all of your basic needs, right? He says, he says your light bill, maybe even occasional shotgun he'll give you. Never know. That's just, I threw that in there for me. So, and he does it because he loves us. He wants us to have extra things. Does he not? Think about, think about how you are with your children. Think about it. You make sure that their needs are taken care of. But if they're good and we have a good relationship with them and it's reciprocating relationship, it's back and forth, and they come and see you a lot, you'll give them anything you got. Would you not? Does God not love us more than that? Think about it. He wants us to have those extra things. And 33 says this. God already knows what you need. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What things? All that food, water, shelter, clothing, the light bill, right? All those extra things shall be added unto you. Isn't that what he's saying? And the verse 33 right there, righteousness means, in, in the Greek, it means the condition acceptable to God. The condition acceptable to God. What's the condition acceptable to God? It's his will, right? His way. How do you find that out? We've been teaching about it for a month before today. Think about it. By following the Spirit, right? Following the lead of the Spirit. The Spirit speaks to us through my spirit. So we'll follow the will of God by, by following my spirit, right? Matthew 19, 16 through 22 says this. <clears throat> now behold, one came and said to him, good teacher, what good things shall I do that I may, that I may have eternal life? <clears throat> and he said to him, why do you call me good? No one, this is Jesus here, no one is good but, but one that is good, that is God. But if you if you want to enter into my life, keep the commandments. If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. I'm sorry, 18. He said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall, and, and you shall love your neighbors as yourself. And 20. <clears throat> The young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? 
and 21 said, Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go and, this is a young man who had a lot of things, remember, go and sell what you have and give, the, give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And 22 says this, but when the young man heard that, say, heard that saying, he went away sorrowful and had great, he had great, for he had great possessions. So he went away from Jesus Christ himself because he had great possessions. He hung on to those things because things had him. Think about that. If you read on, it, it says it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into heaven. Some people speculate that they were talking about a needle and a rope there. It doesn't matter whatever it is. If you, can you picture a rope and trying to stick it through an eye of a needle? That wouldn't work either. Or a camel going through a door. The camel, the camel was the largest animal in Israel at that time. It would have had to been unpacked, get him down onto his knees, crawl through the door, and pack him back up on the other side. A major undertaking it would take for a rich man to get into heaven. That's because the rich man is caring for his things, right? Does God hate rich men? No, he doesn't hate rich men. There's nothing wrong with wanting things. There's nothing wrong with working for those things, right? The problem comes, it becomes wrong when, when the things take the place of that relationship I'm talking about, of living the blessed life, walking in that relationship with God, with Jesus Christ, right? When things come, become more important, right? That young man might not have had to sell his things if he'd have just been willing to. He might not have. If he'd have just said... I have the blessings that God's given me. I was talking about that Corvette's one of my prized possessions. I've thought about this often. I check myself on it often to make sure I don't love that thing more than I love God. And I ask myself the question. Brenda asked it to me yesterday. Is there anything you wouldn't sell for God? The answer is no. It would be for sale tomorrow, today, if he told me to. He hasn't told me, though, too, so I don't have to. If I got that in front of him, though, he may just tell me that thing. Just like he did this young man. He knew, he knew this young man's heart. He knew his heart. He knew his possessions were in front of him. He was keeping the commandments. He was doing the works. He thought his work was going to get him into heaven. You follow me? Sometimes we just go through the, through the steps. We think our, words are going to, our work is going to get us into heaven. But God wants our whole heart. He wants a relationship with us. Not a part-time relationship. An ongoing relationship. Daily. Daily he wants that relationship. He wants our obedience. All the time. Think about this. The biggest blessing I've ever received is happened about 2,000 years ago. Are you following me? This Friday, our Savior, we celebrate the, the, the Good Friday. I get the day off work for Good Friday. They pay me to stay home for Good Friday. And I always say, I don't know why they call it good, because Jesus gave his life on that day. But it is great news for us. It's the gospel. It's the good news that we can be reconciled back with him. But he gave his life on that day a little over 2,000 years ago so that we could be saved, right? Jesus gave his life. He gave his life. They didn't take his life. Pilate couldn't have taken his life. He could have called down legions of angels and destroyed the whole earth. Jesus willingly gave his life. He loved you that much. Think about that. He shed his blood. He allowed them to extract the blood out of his body in the most painful way that they could do. He did that willingly because he loved you, right? So I could be reconciled back with Father. So that you could be reconciled back with God, right? To be put in right standard with God. This relationship right here, this one right here that I'm talking about, the one that he gave his life for, the one that he shed his blood for because he loves us so much, that relationship right there is the blessing. That's the blessing that he wants us to have. This relationship is the blessing. Through this relationship, we have peace, 
right? Peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace that you won't never know living in the world, right? Peace. Joy. I'm not just talking about happiness. I'm talking about joy, right? Joy that comes all the time from God, from that relationship. It's a blessing. Joy. Contentment. This is why some people who have less are more content and more happy than the people who have more. Because they're content. Because the love of God that they have in their heart. Contentment. My wife said yesterday that we're more happy in our $79,000 house than some people are in a $300,000 house. And it's because of that relationship. I don't ever want to move. I wouldn't move if they gave me a $300,000 house. Unless my wife made me do it. Or God told me. But I'm very content with where we're at. And it's because of God. It's because of that relationship, right? So we have contentment. You have, you have a spouse through that relationship if you're in the right marriage. God calls you to a relationship. God calls you to your spouse. He calls your spouse to you. He raises up young men and young women for each other. If they're, if they're good Christian people and they're, and they're listening to God and being led by the Spirit, right? Your spouse, your job will come from him. If you're in the right job and you're not praying, Lord, give me this job, give me this job. And you're praying, Lord, give me the job that you have for me. Because they can pay you a couple more dollars an hour and the hours and the benefits might seem better. But the people you're around are going to shape your life. So it's very critical that we pray to God for what job he would have us to have. God would have us to have for material things. He blesses us through this relationship. We have material things. Last page of notes, I promise. I might even get you out of here on time today. My wife told me I've been preaching too long. The last couple of weeks has been like 45 and 38 minutes. I try to stay between 20 and 30, and I might hit the mark today. <laughs> I usually feel like I don't have enough, so I try to, try to study a little harder. <laughs> then when we're, he, he blesses us in all these ways, though, but then when we're done here on this earth, we're blessed to spend eternity with Jesus. Amen. Think about that. He gave his life for that. One more scripture for you, two verses. John 14, 2 and 3 says this. John 14, 2 and 3. In my father, Jesus talking again. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that, that where I am, there you may be also. He's talking about preparing a place in heaven, in God's house for us, that he would come back. And he's coming back. Jesus said he's coming back, and I believe it's going to be soon and very soon. But he's going to come back, and he's going to get us, and we're going to meet up with him in the sky, and we're going to go live in heaven. Talk about a blessing. I was hoping somebody would get excited right there. Talk about a blessed life. Talk about a blessed life. He wants to bless us the whole time we live here in time, and then he wants to bless us over in eternity too to come live with him forever. That's awesome, right? Think about all God's done for us, though. Think about this. From the beginning, before he even created the earth, he had a plan before he formed the earth for your life, for what you would do here in 2019. Think about how big that is. I can't tell you what I want to have for dinner tomorrow night. And he's got a plan from thousands of years ago till now. Are you following me? Think about what all he's done for us. Right? He had a plan. Then he made the world. Think about that. He, made, he didn't build me a house. He built the whole earth for us to live on. And everything in it. He gave us food and he gave us plants. He gave an entire ecosystem for us to live here. After he had a plan to do it, he followed the plan through. And then there was creation, right? God spoke, bang, it happened. That's your big bang theory right there. 
It happened. He created us. He scraped up a big clump of dirt out of the dirt, clay out of the dirt, and he breathed life into it. He breathed his breath into it, and muscles and tendons and bones formed. And a heart started beating, and a brain. Think about the miracle in a baby being born of the, just the little neurological fibers that go down together that have to meet up exactly, nerves that have to go up and meet down exactly for that baby to be able to wiggle its big toe. He did that. He did that out of dirt. Man can't recreate that. And even if they could, they'd have to make it out of his dirt. Think about it. He creation. He made us. He did all these things for us. He gave us his word right here. Over 3,300 promises in here. Tells us how to act, how to be, what to do, what we possess. Tells us about our authority. Tells us about this blessing, the blessed life that I'm talking to you about today. Tells us how it's our roadmap to get to heaven to live with him. He did that for us. He did that for us. Took him 4,000 years, I think it was, to write the Bible. Right? Inspired word of God. Took a few thousand years. Was it 4,000 or 2,000? I'm, I'm drawing a blank now. Took him a long time to give us his word. He gave us his word, right? He sent his son. after we, we, He gave us all that, and still we messed it up. So he had to send his son to die on a cross. He didn't have to. He chose to. Because he loves you. And because he loves me. He sent his son to die on a cross so that we could be reconciled in this relationship that I'm talking to you about today. It's about the relationship. That's where the blessing comes from. It's from this relationship. I can't say that enough to you today, right? He, and then, then if that wasn't enough for us to provide for us in this lifetime, he's going to provide another place for us in heaven to live for eternity where he's going to provide for us there. Think about that. What all he's done for us because he loves us this much. I'm talking about God Almighty, right? Yahweh. Been here since the beginning. We'll be here past the end. Can you even imagine that? Can you even wrap your head around that? He's everywhere all the time. He's all powerful. He knows all things. Think about how powerful he is. He's God Almighty, and he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have a relationship with me, yet we won't take the time for it. Think about that. A lot of days we skip right over that relationship with him because other things take that place. Now think about this. If your favorite musician called you up tonight and said, let's have dinner, or maybe it's an actor. I don't know where your, where your desires are. Maybe an actor. Maybe it's an athlete. Maybe it's Patrick Mahomes. I know a lot of you are Chiefs fans. If Patrick Mahomes called you up tonight and said, hey, I'm going to send a limo over to your house tonight. I'm going to provide for him, give you a little provision. I'm going to take you out to a nice place, whatever your favorite food is. I'd just like to hang out with you tonight. How many of y'all tell him no? Or your actor, whoever it is. Jenny said, uh-uh, I'm going. <laughs> Maybe it's just your boss. Think about it. Some people get, they chase their boss around. Whoever it is, though, for people, we'll move things around. We'll make it happen. We'll do whatever it takes to make this situation happen, to make this relationship happen, to foster this relationship and kindle this relationship. Why not God after he's done all this for us? What Pat Mahomes do for you? Zero. He was good entertainment on the television. That's all it is, right? But we'll go so far for people. But what about God? Why wouldn't we want this relationship? He's moved the heaven and earth for us. He created the whole earth. He created everything in it. Why wouldn't we want this relationship more with him? I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hands today. Could I get every head bowed? I'm just going to go ahead and close in prayer. If that's you today, though, I pray that you would make a new commitment with God right now. I had to make a new commitment with God, and I feel like I spend quite a bit of time with him. 
As a pastor, though, I struggle with, my, with preparation for church, and it gets in the way sometimes of my personal spiritual life, but, but I have to work both those things out. But it's not that I've stepped off into sin or anything, but, but sometimes things just get in the way. Sometimes they do, but it's only because we allow them to, because the truth is we'll do whatever it is that we really want to do. We'll make time for whatever it is or whoever it is that we really want to be around or what we really want to do. So think about that today and just ask God to guide you in it and, and maybe make a new commitment with him if you need to today. Let's go ahead and close. We're on overtime. I didn't get you out of here today like I thought I would. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We love you, Daddy. We just praise your mighty name. Lord, I pray that you would touch these people. Lord, let this word call on, fall on good, rich, deep, fertile soil today, Father God, that it springs, it, it, it puts roots down, Father God, like a tree planted by the water, Lord, and it springs up forth, Father God, and creates good, bountiful fruit, Father God, beautiful fruit, Father God, for you, for your kingdom, Lord, for our lives, Daddy, that our family would see this blessed life, <coughs> our friends would see this blessed life, and our coworkers, our, our, the, the people we go to school with, Father, would see this blessed life, Lord, coming out of us, Father God, because of the relationship with you, Daddy. Lord, we pray this to you in Jesus' mighty name, Father God. I pray that you would keep your church safe today, Lord. Grow your church, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would set a fire inside of us, Dad, that cannot be contained, Lord. Thank you for this, Father, and we praise you for it, Lord. I pray that you would grow your army out of these local churches, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would just keep us safe, Dad, spiritually, first and foremost. Protect us from sin. Protect us from sin, Daddy. Protect us from evil. Father, I pray that you would protect us physically, protect us financially, Daddy. Bring us back here on Wednesday with a visitor, Lord. We pray these things to you in Jesus' name, Lord. And I pray for the, our Easter service right now, Lord, that you would anoint the service, Father God, when we have a lot of visitors here next week, Father God. Cause us to invite them in, Daddy, but cause us to be able to minister to them when we're here, Lord. Use us, Lord, not just me, Lord, but use this church, Father, your body, Jesus. We thank you for this, and we praise you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray these things, Daddy. Amen.